Hello and welcome to Stick Around, a suicide discussion. If you or someone you love struggle with mental illness, this is the place to be. I'm Kel Bjorn, and I'm passionate about helping others discover ways to find value in their lives. You've got friends, you've got family, you've got plenty of people who want you to stick around. So let's open up and see if we can make a difference. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Kel Bjorn again for a stick around episode. Um, today, I'm speaking with our guest, Genesis Amaris Kemp. Did I say that right? Amaris. Amaris? But, Amaris? Yeah. Yes. Totally blew it. Genesis Amaris Kemp. And uh, Genesis has chosen to speak up for not only minorities, but also anyone who's been slighted on the job um, at work and life uh, in any way. From her personal testimony, she helps others learn how speaking up brings awareness so that long-lasting change can be made. She's also very passionate about sharing tactics on how to combat suicidal thoughts and is actually the author of a book called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace. Um, so welcome to the show, Genesis. Good to have you. Thank you so much, Cal. It's a pleasure. Yeah, well, let's start right off the bat with a little bit of information about your book, um, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. Where did the idea of this start and what kind of inspired you to write it? So I've been working for this particular Fortune 500 company for the past seven years. So I am in the oil and gas slash energy sector. And I dealt with a lot of systemic racism. I have been on teams where I have been the only chocolate drop on my team, where I felt like I wasn't treated fairly in comparison to my coworkers that don't necessarily look like me. And it just really, the book was really birthed out of frustration. Um, I started writing one day after a performance review because I wasn't seeing eye to eye with my supervisor and I did Mm. not, you know, receive the feedback that she gave me because I knew that it was contradictory to the peer reviews and et cetera that I received. So I had pulled out my phone and I wrote down chocolate drop in corporate America put a few sentences and left it alone. It wasn't Hmm. until I met another author at a church event here locally where I was really drawn to her and I had asked her out for coffee because I wanted to learn more about what she did and et cetera. And it was in that coffee chat that my book was birthed in I found out, okay, maybe this is a, maybe this is a good thing to share. Maybe this is something that I need to talk about because if I'm going through this, who knows if someone else is going through it. And I feel like so many times people, we go through different challenges, but we bottle up our emotions and those emotions turn into negative thoughts, negative thoughts turn into negative actions, negative actions, you know, begin to spiral out of control. And then we lose our sense of who we are. And then we just, feel like we're just going through life so then you're um, battling oh am I just living or am I existing wow those are some serious questions and I think you mentioned that when did the book launched earlier this year was it in May yes May that's it's crazy timing this year has been absolutely insane with with COVID with racism conversations and things mm-hmm. like that it seems like that's a pretty timely book and really focusing on corporate America, that there's got to be plenty of people that feel the way you do 
And that, that kind of ties right into the mental health conversation we're having. Like you said, like it starts with little small thoughts that might lead to bigger things and bigger things and, and so on. Uh, so what has some of the feedback been like for you with that book? A lot of people have been telling me, oh my gosh, like, you know, this book like really blessed me. There was a guy who his daughter was, well, she was 12 years old when she wrote her first book and she dealt with bullying. Really? Yeah. Bullying, you know, just going through school, school troubles, peer pressure and et cetera. And he said, after he read my book, it led him to share his story. And so now he's writing his book, talking about his struggles that he endured in corporate America because he said at first he didn't think that he could write it, but my my book gave him the power that he needed to begin writing. And it was like something in, ignited inside of him. So I was grateful to, you know, receive that feedback. A lot of people say they like this um, humor that I have in my book because there are some funny spurts in there. So hmm. anyone who knows me knows, you know, I'm a firecracker, but I like to have fun too. But whenever it comes time, to, you know, get down to business. I'm all about business too. Yeah. And so I definitely feel like, you know, the book came out at the right time that after the book came out, the whole black lives matter movement started. So a lot of people thought that the book was set to come out before the whole movement. And I said, no, cause you really didn't know a movement was going to start because no one knew that George Floyd was going to die on national TV. Yeah, and I said, right. but there there is a correlation and I can see how people can try to tie the two together because after that whole incident happened, you saw so many organizations that were trying to clean up their act in the whole IND space in inclusion and diversity and trying to clean up house. When in fact, I felt like you already knew it was a problem. So why didn't you address the problem sooner? Yeah, it's really, and I just think of things that I've worked on where, you're not quite sure. Like you said, in the beginning, it was just an idea. And then your friend helps you kind of decide, hey, this is something you're going to do. And then to hear feedback feedback like that, like from that one guy um, that really helped him in his life, that's got to be really fulfilling. It's really cool to hear that kind of stuff. Thank you. Well, so it sounds like you've been involved with some uh, motivational speaking or can you tell us a little bit about that? Some of the topics you've talked about and maybe some of the venues or locations you've done so? So that really ignited. Um, during COVID, there were a few times where I spoke outside before. So I've done an esports event where I talked about, you know, taking ownership of your career and what that looks like. I recently did a topic on Talk Truth series, which is a YouTube um, vlog cast, I guess, because it's a video slash podcast. Oh, and I yeah. did <laughs> a top, uh, my topic there was being uniquely you and how that looks. I've done topics about inclusion and diversity on other on other platforms. I've done one on my three R's, which are refuel, refocus, and realign, because I think it's that's so important, especially during the pandemic, because a lot of people are in a space where they're feeling burnt out. They feel isolated because they can't see their friends and their family members due to being due to the lockdowns and et cetera. And I think that plays a lot on someone's mental status, um, yeah. mental status, as well as their mental state. At, um, some other topics that I go into details is really 
around the career aspects because so many times people are working at a job but they don't really know why they're doing what they're doing and they never think to ask questions or challenge the status quo because they're afraid okay is my ranking going to suffer especially if they're in a forced ranking or how is it going to be perceived or I don't want to go against the grain when in reality you leave work and you feel like okay I don't really want to go to work or I don't really like what I'm doing but you feel like it's your end all be all and it's not yeah that's crazy. A couple thoughts. I mean, I'm just thinking, you you mentioned you work for an oil company, which you're from Texas. It makes sense. There's lots of them there. Yeah. Um, and those could be huge corporations, right? And so how many employees are, are involved at the company you work for? A little over 10,000. Oh my gosh. See, yeah, it's, I think in any role that you have in a company that big, it's hard not to feel some of that where you feel like, what part am I really playing in this huge machine? And like, do I matter? It's, you know, mental health becomes kind of a struggle in those kind of cases. But I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned the three R's. Yes. Um, is that something that's included in your book or some of the talks that you give or what? It, where'd you come yes, up with Yes, it's those? included in my book. Cool. So they're refuel, refocus and realign. And then... I do talk about it whenever people want to get more into, oh, how did you come up with the three R's and what do the three R's look like to you? And I'll dive in deeper to tell people, okay, well, um, my three R's, the reason why I say refuel is because you have to understand your body and you have to know when enough is enough because there comes a point where like you could sense when you're getting ready to burn out. And that's, that should be your key inclination that, Hey, I need to stop and I need to practice some self-care and take some time out for me because in life we get so busy pouring into, you know, our spouse, our job, our family, we pour so much into everyone else that whenever it comes time for us, we only have a little bit of energy left. And that's because we've taken most of our energy and given it out to others. But who's going to be there to help us recharge and refuel? Refocus yeah. is, you know, taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture holistically and say, okay, am where I am, is that where I want to be? And if not, how do I get to where I want to go? And what does that look like? So it takes preparation whenever you're refocusing. It's almost like, you know, you're recalibrating yourself and your life. And then the realignment piece, that is the part, like if you think about the, your tires on your car, in order for your car to drive right, you have to get your tires aligned after your oil change and everything. So it's not pulling to the left or the right. So your re your realignment should have some balance. You That's where your body finds that equilibrium, like who you are. And part of your equilibrium is kn knowing what your purpose is, knowing what your passion is and knowing what your destiny assignment and call is. Once you know what your passion is, your passion can turn into your purpose and your purpose is what's going to help you walk out your destiny and your calling that's on your life. And mm. I feel like that those are three key components because so many times people go through life, like I said earlier, living versus existing. So do you want to exist or do you want to live life? 
And I think those are two important questions because we shouldn't be here on this earth to just go through the emotions. We should be on this earth getting better each and every day, walking out our dreams and living life to the fullest. Because whenever we die, we're either gonna go in the box or go back in the earth. And I tell people there are so many dreams in the graveyard because people were so afraid to tap into their true potential and purpose. Wow. That is profound right there. So many dreams in the graveyard. I've never heard that. That is, <laughs> that really like hit me just now. <laughs> it was like, wow, that is really true. Like how many people just have those regrets at the end of life and into death of wishing they had the courage to do something about what they felt passionate about. And I really, your whole comparison with the car really hit home as well. Cause I actually just had to have my tires realigned because I had some tires and they were turned inward. And so the edges of my tires wore out super fast. So I had to buy new tires way faster than I should have because I didn't take the time to have that aligned when I should have. So that's like a recent lesson that I totally learned. So I like that the three R's especially. And I love that you make refueling first because I mean, if you want to apply that to a car as well, if you don't refuel, you're not going anywhere, yeah. right? <laughs> out. But, but that's really very true. And I can see that in my own life with, like you said, like focusing on family and my job and try to keep the household running when, and if I don't take time for myself, then that can really be a struggle. So thank you for sharing. That is really cool information. I like that. So you've covered quite a few topics um, in some of these talks that you've done and, and I'm sure in your book, um, what kind of advice, I guess, besides the three R's, do you like to share with people that struggle with mental health specifically? Don't be afraid to talk about it because I know like whenever you think about mental health, like the world and society thinks, oh, crazy, or, you know, there's so many labels around mental health, but mental health, like, just because you may be dealing with oppression, oppression, depression, you know, bulimia, schizophrenia, or bipolar does not mean that something is wrong with you. It just means that you need to get a little bit more help to get you back on track. And it's better to seek out for help whenever you recognize that you are in a space where you can't handle it on your own, then to let those thoughts and emotions build up where you're going to do something that you regret. So if you can't open it, openly say that you need help in a safe space, that means you need to you know, come up with a better circle of friends and a tribe because people who really love you and care about you are going to be willing to go the extra mile and help you get the help that you need because they don't want to see something happen to you. So whenever you are doing life, you're not supposed to do life alone or by yourself. Like we were never put on this earth to be alone. We were put put on this earth to compliment someone, whether it's, you know, a husband and a wife or whether, you know, it's two males or two women or whatever, like, you know, people are better when they compliment uh, one another and they have a, you know, a partnership. So if you're feeling like 
you're not sure what to do, one healthy exercise that you can do when you want to get your thoughts out of your head is try journaling. Journaling is a way to express yourself without lashing out on someone else where you may regret it later. Go for a walk. Find a place that, you know, brings you those those memories and that happy place, whether it's for a walk around the park or whether you have a pond in your neighborhood where you wanna go feed the ducks or whether you want to go walking with you know your dog. A lot of people have support animals too. So whether you have a dog or a cat, I think that's also good for people to have because you're, who's going to love you more than, you know, your animal, your kids, yeah. your wife or your husband. Um, yeah. A lot of people like their furry friends. Another tip too is when you're going through um, depression or whatever, be mindful of what you're eating too, because your eating habits could quickly spiral out of control because some people, when they're depressed, they want to eat because eating makes them feel good because it's like, oh, you like the taste that it the way the food tastes, you like the way that it crunches in your mouth because like chips, people eat chips because it's a way to, you know, soothe themselves because once you hear that crunching, yeah. <laughs> it like, it like just calms you down. Or if you just eat ice cream, cause one tub could turn into two tubs. That's me next- right there. <laughs> yeah. I love ice cream. Like I could eat ice cream all day. And it's, you're, you're right too. Like in times where I've been depressed, it's like, you, you kind of get this thought process of like, I don't care. Like, I just, I just don't care anymore. Like I want this and I'm going to just eat as much ice cream as I want. And then afterwards you just feel terrible and it's never good for me, but it keeps happening, you know? So I totally get that. It's a good comparison. And then wake up and I would say, get your I am statements, like write down all the good qualities that that you have and start reciting them over yourself. Like I am smart, I am gifted. I am here for a purpose. I have family that loves me. I have friends that love me. You know, I am talented, I'm I'm smart or I'm skinny or whatever you like about yourself, write that down on either, you know, some note cards, some sticky notes, put it in your mirror because you're gonna, you're gonna get up and go brush your teeth or whatnot. So let that be a reminder of who you are and what you stand for. Because if you start to see yourself in a positive life that light, then you are going to take away those negative emotions and reactions. So you have to change the way that you are reflecting about yourself. Do some self-reflection and some soul searching. So some tips, like I said, your get some I am statements, all the things that you are about that you like about yourself that make you want to, you know, love yourself. Know who your tribe is, whether it's your family or your friends, someone that is going to help pull you out of the rut, call you on your BS and check your emotions at the door because you have to have people who can be with you through the good and the bad. That's what a real friend is. Another thing, Try getting an animal, a support animal, whether it's a cat or a dog that is, you know, someone, your pet is going to help, help hold you accountable because you're going to have to feed them. You're going to have to bathe them. You're going to have to give, give them a walk or anything. And that's going to take away some of the stressors that you're feeling like, you know, your negative 
Another thing, you could try meditating. There's so many good meditation apps on your phone, whether it's you start with a minute and increase it up to five minutes. Turn off, you know, your brain in a sense and kind of clear your mind, listen to some soothing thoughts or some soothing sounds and start to like really, you know, drift away from the hustle and bustle of society and et cetera. Um, another thought, like I said earlier, are the three R's, refuel, refocus, and realign. There's so many tips out there and resources. And if you're not really sure where to go, you can go to your local, what are they called? They're like local health groups. And I know here in Texas, like I became certified in mental health and first aid. So they gave us a list of numbers and resources that you can call whenever you can see that someone may be going through something and they need a little bit more help. So yeah. look for resources, look for support groups where you can go, where there's other people that are going through something that you are going through, where you guys can lean on one another. Yeah, that's excellent. I really, I like that you talk about right away in the morning doing some of those I am statements. Um, I had a guest on here that talked about at the end of the day, he would write three good things in a journal, which I think is great. I mean, you kind of reflect on the, the day that you've already lived and focus on the positive things. But how impactful is that as well as to get up in the morning and doing something right away that's going to try to get you in that positive mindset? Um, to help kind of take you through the day, which is cool. And I also wonder with coronavirus, everyone's stuck at home. I wonder what the numbers are with people getting pets because we did like a month <laughs> or two in my wife's like, I want a cat because we're just stuck at home with the kids all day. And she just wanted a cat. So we got a cat and it's, mm -hmm. and it has been great. Like everyone likes to take care of her and there's like, you know, you just can't help but love your animal. So that, I mean, that's some good, some good advice as well. Yeah. So with some of these tactics that you've mentioned, um, have you had any personal experience with any of these in particular where you've noticed a change in your own, maybe your own mental health or your own life? Oh, yeah. Um, about 10 years ago, like I actually struggled with depression whenever I was being bullied in high school. And it just got so bad where like there was like nine consecutive days where like I just could not go to school. I just could not really? get out of bed. Like I was just in a dark hole, but the good thing is like during that dark hole, like I, you know, became more in tune with my spiritual side and I started reading the Bible more. And that really helped me because I was like, Oh my gosh, like it's like, there was like different scriptures that were like speaking to me and yeah. every every day, like I would get a little bit stronger because I started to know that, okay, I do matter. Like I am here for a purpose. And, you know, even like whenever my parents would like try to talk to me, like at first I would get so angry, but then like I started to remove the anger. It was like, almost like, you know, imagine having a big old iceberg and then every day something starts to chip away at the iceberg. So it's like chipping away the hard layers in that shell. Almost yeah. like if you have a boiled egg and you crack the boiled egg, like pieces will start to chip away until you fully shell the egg. Yeah. 
And whenever you go to crack that hard boiled egg, little pieces start to chip off. So it's like getting rid of the hard stuff. So you're getting rid of the nastiness, the gunk, and you know, you're breaking all that off, all that off, but then you're trying to get down to the good stuff, which is inside. So we want to eat the egg, we want to get to the yolk, but in order to get to the yolk, we have to get rid of the hard layers. So the thing that is so hard and protects us or keeps us like, you know, from breaking or whatnot. So my parents were a a pivotal point during my um, depression and anxiety whenever I was being bullied in high school, because, you know, every day they would come talk to me and they would tell me, oh, I love you so much, or, you know, you're here for a purpose, or God wants to see you do so much more with your life. And those little nuggets were like deposits. They were deposited into my my spiritual bank because every day they said something encouraging to me that built me up you know bigger and bigger and then eventually day 10 I was like able to say okay I'm gonna get up I'm gonna take a shower you know I'm gonna go to school today but it took nine days of being in the pit being in darkness and having me go through mixed emotions and you know second guessing okay do I want to do I want to be here like okay maybe if I you know take my life then all of this pain will go away or you know I don't feel valuable or I don't feel pretty but those were all the negative things that I were hearing from people and so many times people, they'll tell you the negative things because in reality, they're really jealous or envious because you're doing something that they wish they were bold enough or courageous to do. So they're going to try to tell you, okay, all the things that they don't like about you or all the things that, you know, they're dealing with insecurity wise to see, okay, can I break her down or can I break him down? Because if I break him down or her down, then I'm going to bring myself up. I'm going to feel better by myself. So you definitely have to be a strong person. And in order to be a strong person, you have to know who you are and not what you are. Because so many times in life, I feel even as a child, people always ask us, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? But they never take time to ask us, hey, who do you want to be when you grow up? And I think the who is more important than the what, because the who is, you know, your morals, your characters, your characteristics, your values, your purpose, your passion, your what could be a confinement that could just be there to keep you boxed in whether oh I'm just an administrative assistant or I'm just an engineer no you should never just be anything you should be you a hundred percent unapologetically you could be a wife a star athlete you could be a world famous writer you could be a New York Times bestseller you should never place limitations on yourself I'm gonna give you a round of applause (laughs) for that (laughs) I honestly I love that so much because that's one of the things I hated about myself growing up is I didn't know what I wanted to be. And I kind of still don't, you know, I remember that in school all the time. Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And this kid wants to be an astronaut. That kid wants to be a firefighter. And I would always just say, I don't know. And I always felt like, I don't know, kind of self-conscious about that because even people would leave high school with a clear direction. Like I'm going to go to dental school or I'm going to do this or that. And just kind of like, well, I'm going to go to college and 
I got a degree in business management because that's what you do and you have no idea what you want to do, basically. Um, but I remember in particular in high school, the principal was in one of our classes and she um, she asked that and she pointed me out in particular, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I, I was like, I don't, I don't know. She's like, you, so when you were a kid, you didn't have like some dream. It's like, well, I wanted to be in the NBA, but I know that's not going to happen. You know, by <laughs> high school, I was pretty clear that I was never going to be good enough for that. So I love what you said there. Just focus on who you want to be. It'll all fall into place. If you focus on, Hey, I want to be a good person. I want to be a good dad, a good husband, things like that. That mm -hmm. stuff matters. You know, everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned a little bit about maybe not, being totally suicidal in that, in that state, but having some of those questions. And mm -hmm. I've had some interviews with people that are like, you know, it actually is pretty normal for us to have some of those suicidal ideations at times in our lives. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're totally suicidal or making a plan for something mm -hmm. like that. Um, which I think some of the tactics and suggestions you've given are, are good ways to kind of combat some of those thoughts. Um, have you been close to anyone that has, been close to suicide or been affected to that and, and have it had any experiences there? Yeah. So actually one of my friends, her brother, um, died by suicide and it was like very like out of nowhere, like heart wrenching. We didn't know that he was like having problems in a particular relationship or whatever. And it just took us all by surprise because I wish like we would have paid attention because she mentioned like, oh yeah, he's starting to act different or his body language. But that's when you start to see that someone is starting to act different, that's when you should really own in on them to see, okay, what's really going on? Because if yeah. it's not their normal activity, 99.9% .9 means there's something that's going on like internally or mentally that needs to be addressed or pulled out of them. And so I feel like sometimes in life, like we get different gut feelings, like, hey, you should text this person or you should call this person. But we get so um, consumed with our busy life. We're like, no, I'll, t I'll text him tomorrow or I'll call her tomorrow. When when you when you had the thought, you should have acted on it right then and there because that could have been that person's saving grace. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what was it like, I guess, being close to your friend who had to, ended up losing her brother. Was she, was she pretty open about it up front? Like doing some of those things you were saying before, or was she pretty guarded with that topic for a while? In a sense, she was guarded because it was just her and her brother. Like it was just the two of them. And then she started to, you know, open up more about it. Cause I was like, okay, so how did he like you know how did he commit suicide was it pills was it a gun or whatever and you know that's still a little touchy touchy subject because I don't think I ever got the real root of the of what he did but yeah. they did say the reasoning why he took it and it was over a relationship and I was like no one is that important to make you want to take your own life yeah it shouldn't be Right. Yeah. And so you're right. I mean, starting to recognize some of those things in advance and hopefully trying to help a person in that situation um, can help combat, combat that earlier on, which is just crazy. I think the more conversations about this I have, it's, it's really easy in hindsight to look back and say, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have done that. 
But like you said, when you have those gut feelings that like, I need to reach out to this person or have those thoughts, it's important to, to try and act on those ahead of time. Cause you never know how serious yeah. that's going to be. And I think it's a lesson learned for all of us. Like, because when you lose someone or someone that you know, who's close to you that has a loss, like a loved one due to suicide, it makes you become more aware and not necessarily be nosy, but it makes you want to like probe more whenever you notice someone is ticking different and they're moving different. It makes you want to get all up in their personal space and their business (laughs) because you're like, no, like I'm going to shake this out of you or I'm going to help you, you know, get over this hurdle because if not then who who's who else is going to do it because if someone else is afraid of talking to them then you're we're losing we're losing a minute we're losing a second we're losing an hour we're losing a day because time is passing by and their thoughts are going 100 miles per hour and you never know when their breaking point is going to be so why not intervene when you have a chance to and we need to be Yeah, we have to be more open to talking about mental health because people need to realize that it's okay to, you know, deal with mental health and there are resources that help you cope with mental health. And just because you're dealing with mental health does not mean that you are an alien or does not mean you don't belong in society. It just means there's some chemical imbalances or there's some things that you need to work through to get you back on track. But that doesn't mean that you should alienate yourself from the rest of society. Because if everyone were to like just put their put their whole life up on a whiteboard, we're all fudged up in one way or another. Oh, yeah. No one is perfect. So it's we true. are <laughs> so we need to have grace, compassion, empathy. And help one another because we're better when we come together. That is very, oh, that's so true. It really, it made me think of um, when I lost my friend to suicide last year, the way I found out is so I had moved to Utah. My friend was in Washington, so I wasn't really in touch with him that much. But one of my really good friends that I was in touch with still, he's the one that called me and told me what happened. And this friend knew that I'd struggled with depression and I'd I'd been open with him about that kind of stuff. And so he kind of took that opportunity to be pretty bold with me. Mm -hmm. That was like, Hey, like, how are you like, dude? And he told me he loved me, which I'm not that kind of guy, especially with my guy friends or my friends, (laughs) you know, like I'll tell my kids and my wife for sure, but I'm not gonna be like, dude, I love you so much. But he, he did that and was like, like, he basically was like, don't do anything drastic here. You know, I know you've struggled. Like, I hope this doesn't affect you in a way to where you're going down. Cause he, I don't know. He got really bold with me and kind of like what you're saying, like being open and being bold and like asking some of those questions. Not that I was Mm -hmm. suicidal. I mean, it was definitely shocking to hear about my friend and I was upset about it and I wasn't going to go down that route. I don't think, but it was cool to have, someone I was close to like be that bold about it. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm totally good. But it's cool that he was concerned enough about me to ask the question or make that statement. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Well, so you mentioned a little bit about when you were struggling with depression and being in that pit. I know in the title of your book, you talk about um, coming out of the pit and 
you know, getting to your palace or to the palace. Can you explain kind of where did that thought process come from? And what are some of those steps that you recommend to help people get to that point in their lives? So the pit um, is that it's that dark place. It's that place of confinement, the place where you don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel because everything around you is like closing in. So it's like the narrow mind, the narrow mindset and how I got out of out of that pit was recognizing who I was and what I stood for and where I wanted to go. So once I you know, laid, laid that out with myself, it was easier for me to, you know, go through the journey of life and navigate my way through the river in a sense. And I started as an administrative assistant with this particular Fortune 500 company. And they kept saying, once an admin, always an admin. And I'm like, Mm. no, And I was like, I am getting out of this box. Like I'm going to see what I need to do to get out of this admin role. Like I didn't spend my hard earned money or time in college to be an admin. I don't have a degree in administrative assistant. So when I came into the company, I came in as a psychology major and I was, I was already in the program for two years and they pretty much told me, hey, what do you plan on doing with a psychology degree working for this company? And I was like, oh, I didn't really think about it that way. So whenever the question was posed to me, they're like, okay, well, you know, we offer tuition reimbursement, but we were paying for degrees that the company can utilize. So I ended up changing my whole entire degree plan to fit the, the mold of the company. And I said, okay, once I get my degree, I'm for sure going to get out of this admin bucket. So once I got my degree in December of uh, 2016, okay, there was another hurdle I had to jump through. They're like, oh, just because you have your degree now doesn't mean you're going to be in a professional role. We have to find a professional role. We have to see if you're a good fit for the professional role. And just all these excuses, which was just a piece of BS to me. And I was like, oh, here we go again. So finally, I started networking within the company with different people outside of my work group. And I ran and ran across an older lady who really, you know, gravitated to me. And it just so happened that one thing led to another, she ended up retiring. And she put my name out there saying, hey, she's, she has her degree in supply chain and logistics and technology. She's interested in a professional role. And I was slotted into her role. But once I got slotted into her role, they still were paying me as an administrative assistant, even though I was now doing the work of a professional. So Mm. that went on for about seven years. It recently, my salary recently changed up until the point where I spoke out at the VP's meeting after the whole George Floyd incident. And I kid you not, my salary increased by 20%. Wow. So for the past three years of doing the current role that I'm in now, I was underpaid by 20%. Yeah. And that is a big pay gap and difference in comparison to my colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what a great example of like really taking it into your own hands. And, and I'm always amazed at what networking can do for people. Yes. Because if you just enter the system and 
you know, I'm going to put my application here over and over and over, but unless you know people, like the company's got 10,000 employees, like you said, it's a huge churning machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but really taking it upon yourself to go find people you need to know to, to make that next step and then being bold enough to do something about it to, you know, get what you deserve with, yeah. with the amount of work you put in. That's really cool. Those are some great examples. I, th- I really like the comparison of, and everyone can picture a pit, right? And we've all yeah. mentally probably been in those situations. And what does a palace look like for us? It's going to be different for everybody, mm-hmm. whether it's a role at a job or, or whatever it is. That's a, that's a really cool story. Because yeah. everyone has their end goal. So I tell people like, know what your dark spot is and then know what your light spot is because your light spot is your palace. Like we all have an end goal in mind, whether you want to be a CEO of a company, whether you want to own your own business, whether you want to be that athlete, that rock star husband, that rock star wife or whatever the case may be, like your trajectory should be okay i'm going from point a but i want to go all the way to point c what do i need to do in between to meet my metrics meet my goals and fulfill where i want to go and sure we're gonna we may uh, trip we may fall we may backslide but that doesn't mean that you have to stay down that doesn't mean you have to stay stuck so it's almost like whenever you're driving a car we have park drive neutral sometimes you you may be in neutral because that's your holding spot but during that holding spot you're going to you're still learning lessons that are going to help you along the rest of your drive and journey so it's like when you're going through a car wash they tell you to put your car in in neutral but as you're going through that car wash your car is getting clean like they're spraying it with water they're spraying it with soap they're spraying it with foam but then whenever you're coming to the end of the car wash, then you could begin to put your car in drive. And then whenever you're you're out of the car wash, you see a new shiny vehicle and you're like, oh, my car is so beautiful now. Yeah. But had you never been in neutral, would you have ever been shiny and clean? Yeah, that's a great comparison. You got a lot of car analogies today. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're, a man, you're a man so i think you, you can easily relate to car analogy oh yeah i could totally and picture everyone that. drives <laughs> it totally hits home that's fantastic well genesis man this has been a great conversation i mean i love the stories you're telling that the effort you've put in for your book and i'll share a link to that book in the show notes for this episode and oh, yeah. let all our listeners hear about that oh now i see a copy right there it's good stuff yeah you see the inclusion and diversity on the cover the world yeah. in the background Absolutely. Well, you got a construction guy and there you go, all kinds of different industries because this conversation applies to every industry out there and even not even work. I mean, you know, communities, groups, you know, even high school, like you said, like bullying and those kinds of things, like these are tactics that can really help people get out of a pit in in a dark place in their lives and and help improve that. So I really appreciate it. And one, well, two questions I'll leave with you before you ask. Don't be afraid to ask somebody, are you okay? And then number two, if you need to talk, I'll be that listening ear. So are you okay? Do you need to talk? If so, I'll be that listening ear. Yeah, that's awesome. Really giving them the opportunity to know that you're a safe place for them. It gives them, yeah, that 
outlet to open up. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, you've already shared some information about your book. Is there another resource that's kind of a, a one that you like to recommend, like a book or another podcast or a website, anything out there? Oh, well, hold on. Let me see if I have my book near. Yeah, no it's problem. this mental health and first aid book that I have that has great resources. It's like mental health and first aid, like training. So it gives you like a whole list of things on like resources and how to, you know, get in touch with people that can walk you through. And there's like a number you could call like a warm line where there's people 20, 24 seven, where you could talk to them on like what you're feeling and then they'll navigate you outwards to who to call. So that's like a really good one. It's like, and they, they have an acronym, M-F-A-H. Yeah, cool. I'll have to include that for sure. Well, Genesis, again, thank you so much for, for spending the time and talking about your own experience in life and, and doing great work. Genesis told me that she's trying to be on 29 podcasts this year because she's turning 29 this year and she's almost no, there. She, I turned 29 already. Oh, you already did? Yeah, in August. I'm a Leo baby. <laughs> oh, there you go. And you said you're at like, what, 24, 25? So you're almost there. Yeah. Got about a month and a half. So she's she's almost there with that goal, which is pretty cool. She's spreading yes. great things and spreading positivity. So keep up the good work. You're doing great things. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm always eager to overreach my goal too. So <laughs> keep <Yeah>. them coming. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks again for joining. Thank you. Hey, thank you again for listening in today. If you truly are struggling and having suicidal thoughts, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. They are available 24 hours every day and are anxious to help people in need. If you prefer to text, I would recommend the Crisis Text Line. They provide 24-7 support via text message. They're here for everything from anxiety, depression, and suicide. So even if you don't consider yourself suicidal, please text HOME to 741-741. That's H-O-M-E to 741-741. And simply open up about how you're feeling. Until next time, let's all stick around and help each other find hope and see value in life.